Good afternoon and welcome to Blend's second quarter 2021 earnings release conference call. All participants are in a listen-only mode. Should you need assistance, please signal by pressing star zero. After today's presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To ask a question, you may press star, then one on your cell phone keypad. To withdraw your question, please press star and the number two. Please note this event is being recorded. I would now like to turn the call over to Crystal Sumner, Head of Legal, Compliance, and Risk. You may begin. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us today to discuss Blend's Fiscal 2021 Second Quarter Results. I'm joined on the call today by Nina Gansari, Co-Founder and Head of Blend, Mark Greenberg, Head of Finance, and Ken Myopolis, President. Before we start, I'd like to note that certain statements made during today's conference call regarding Blend and its operations may be considered forward-looking statements under federal securities law. The company cautions you that forward-looking statements involve substantial risk and uncertainties and a number of factors, many of which are beyond the company's control, could cause actual results, events, or circumstances to differ materially from those described in these statements. Please refer to the risk factors included in our filings with the Security and Exchange Commission, which are available on the company's website at blend.com under the Investor Relations section and on the SEC's website at sec.gov. You should not put undue reliance on any forward-looking statements. Also note that any forward-looking statements we make on this call are based on information available to us and assumptions and beliefs as of today's date. We disclaim any obligation to update any forward-looking statements, except as required by law. During this call, we will be discussing certain non-GAAP financial measures. Information regarding our non-GAAP financial results including a reconciliation of such non-GAAP results to the most directly comparable GAAP financial measures, may be found in our earnings release, which is available on the company's website under the Investor Relations section, and included as an exhibit to our Form 8K furnished with the SEC before this call. These non-GAAP measures should be considered in addition to our GAAP results and are not intended to be a substitute for our GAAP results. I'd also like to mention there are slides and product demos for your reference available for download at investor.blend.com. With that, I'd now like to turn, it, turn the call over to co-founder and head of Blend, Nima Gansari. Nima, you may begin. Thanks, Crystal, and thank you all for joining us today. I'm Nima Gansari, head of Blend, and I'm also one of the founders. In the last two months have been a very exciting time for Blend. We've grown our revenue quarter over quarter, despite a national softening in mortgage volumes, which indicates that we are growing our customer base, expanding our customer relationships, and diversifying our product offerings. We also executed a successful IPO in that time period with strong investor interest and support, and so a special thank you to our customers and team members for helping us get through that milestone. We believe that banking will look very different in the future than it does today, and it's that future that we're constantly moving towards and preparing for. We started Blend nine years ago to take friction out of banking, and make the process of getting a loan or opening a deposit account as easy as anything else that they would do online. And above all else, we wanted to bring simplicity and transparency to financial services. But today, the banking industry still heavily relies on paper documents, making the approval process for these products slow, expensive, and more susceptible to error and fraud. Many of you have likely had that experience personally. I know I have. Opening an account or getting a loan, visiting a branch, having to sign a stack of paper, and the good news is, with our help, our customer base is committing to making this a better experience for everyone. We see a future of proactive finance where consumers receive personalized, data-based suggestions from their financial services firms, and that's focused in deriving their financial wellness, the consumer's financial wellness. We predict that consumers will be able to open their mobile phone and, in just an instant, see everything that their financial services firm can do for them tailored to their specific financial situation. With that future in mind, Blend's platform is designed to power any banking product using data-driven workflows. That means from the moment the consumer starts with their financial services firm to the moment they digitally sign their final documents, we center the experience around their unique data profile, including their assets, their income, tax history, credit history, everything an underwriting team needs to make a credit decision in real time. Through our products, financial services firms are able to deliver those real-time customer experiences across important financial moments in people's lives. 
We estimate the serviceable adjustable market of Blend's current product offerings is greater than $33 billion, and we expect this market to grow over time as we add more products to our software platform, develop additional marketplaces, and expand internationally. Financial services firms choose us as a strategic innovation partner today, and we believe they will continue to do so in the future because we're well positioned to help them in critical ways. First, unlike legacy point solutions that focus on individual product lines, we sell a single software platform designed to power the end-to-end -end journey across products and channels. Second, our software platform is flexible and modular, enabling financial services firms to innovate rapidly in response to new opportunities and changing market conditions. Third, we have an expansive and rapidly growing partner ecosystem that uses our platform as a way to gain adoption of new fintech innovations. And our customers love that because it helps their end customer, the consumer, get the best experience. And last, we attract and retain the best software engineering talent at Blend to continue innovating and building the value for the financial services industry. Turning to the specifics for the second quarter, we achieved strong revenue performance and continue to make progress on adding new customers and expanding value to existing customers. Our revenue reflects growth across our mortgage and consumer banking product lines, our homeownership journey marketplaces, and the volume of banking transactions that we facilitate on behalf of our customers. In the second quarter, we continued to gain market share across banks, credit unions, non-bank lenders, and fintechs as the consumer expectations and COVID-19 pandemic fueled behavior shifts continued to drive industry-wide digitization. Key customer wins include Mr. Google, a top 15 non-bank mortgage lender for our mortgage title and closed products. KeyBank, a top 20 U.S. bank for our mortgage products. DECU, one of the nation's largest credit unions for our consumer banking suite. And Built Technologies, a modern card company for renters for our credit card products. We are excited to partner with Mr. Cooper across our mortgage title and closed products as we work to deliver an end-to-end -end digital home purchase and refinance experience to their customers. Uh, Build Technologies represents an increase in trend of fintechs who typically have great in-house tech talent partnering with Blend to accelerate their ability to put appropriate infrastructure in place and effectively originate all of their products. In all, customers signed in the second quarter added a capacity of around 270,000 annual banking transactions to our base. This number represents banking transaction volume at our signed customers, volume that we will have the ability to capture in the coming quarters as we work to onboard them onto the Blend platform. Since we expect that we will be talking about new customers on our earning calls going forward, I'd like to take a brief moment to provide some context around the journey from signing to going live on our platform. You'll hear us refer to four phases that signify their stage in the onboarding process. Those four phases are sign, in deployment, live, and growth. Customers generally contribute to revenue in the live and growth phases. While the length of time to onboard a customer varies by type and the nature of products that they initially adopt, it generally takes between one and three quarters to progress from signed to live and another quarter or two to then move to the growth stage. We drove progress moving customers to the independent live and growth stages in the second quarter, including Utah Community Credit Union for our consumer banking product suite, Fairway Independent Mortgage for our mortgage product, and BMO Harris Bank for our personal loans. Fairway, a top 10 mortgage lender, has gone live with Blend to drive efficiency in its mortgage operations and is in the midst of a Blend rollout to hundreds of branches across the country. BMO Harris Bank is in the top 25 banks in the United States and a longstanding customer. Our partnership started off in mortgage and expanded to home equity loans and lines of credit, and they're now deploying Blend to power personal loans. Overall, we have good momentum in setting the foundation for future market share expansion and are continuing to gain traction at the high end of the market. As of today, we serve 32 of the top 100 U.S. financial services firms by assets under management, up from 31 at the end of 2020, and 28 of the top 100 U.S. non-bank mortgage lenders, up from 24 at the end of 2020. Another achievement for us was our acquisition of Title 365, which we closed on June 30, 2021. Title, escrow, and settlement services are a key piece of the one-stop shop for homeownership and home refinance the Blend is building but they are currently paper and labor intensive. We've already started the process of building a software-driven title agency, Blend Title, internally, but in Title 365, we found a great match to expedite our transformation of this set of services. In Title 365, we acquired a highly experienced and talented team combined with operational scale and sought-after licenses and relationships that allow us to continue to serve our customers in new ways and across all 50 states. 
We also expect that the acquisition will continue to accelerate growth of our core platform revenue as we complete the integration and shift legacy title volume onto our software-driven blend platform. We've frequently been asked why an innovative Silicon Valley software company would undertake the process of acquiring and transforming its services business to drive growth. The answer for us is simple. Our business is the key services businesses that support the homeownership journey can and will be embedded in a digital mortgage process, which we power today, and the blend platform is rapidly becoming the foundation for that transformation. By acquiring an at-scale title business and migrating customers and services onto blend software platform, we can accelerate our strategy to power the end-to-end -end journey for any banking product, including mortgages and home equity loans, and in the process, more quickly scale the innovations we've already made on our platform to digitize title insurance. Over time, the acquisition creates substantial upside for Blend's customers, the financial services firms, for consumers, and therefore ultimately Blend shareholders by driving core platform revenue growth. With the acquisition closed, we are executing on our integration plan and are eager to continue our work with the talented Title 365 teams and member at Blend. So far, what we've seen is what we expected, and we are fully integrating Title 365 into the Blend platform and business model. As for our progress on key integration milestones, first, the Title 365 team has quickly become an integral part of Blend as we have retained Title 365's capable leadership team and key staff. Second, we are proceeding with critical technology integrations necessary to deliver our software-enabled title escrow and settlement services to existing Blend customers. We are fully resourcing those efforts, and they are top priority for our team. Third, Mr. Cooper is in deployment with the Blend platform, including our enhanced title, escrow, and settlement services as of early Q3. We expect them to go live on Blend in the first half of 2022. As Mr. Cooper is the largest Title 365 customer, its adoption of Blend will facilitate migrating Title 365's legacy business to Blend software-enabled title, escrow, and settlement services. We also expect to launch pilots of the joint Blend and Title 365 experience with a select group of mutual customers by year-end. Those efforts are likewise on track. In the meantime, we will continue to deliver Title 365 services to existing customers. Those customers have responded favorably to the acquisition, save for the attrition of a handful of legacy Title 365 customers who are not inclined to be on the Blend platform, including some who view Blend as a potential competitor. We fully expected and planned for this limited attrition and took it into account in our assessment of the deal. And lastly, we have seen significant interest from Blend customers in the Blend title solution, including interest from a number of our largest customers. For all of these reasons, we remain confident in our ability to execute and deliver on the premise of the acquisition of Title 365. As we look ahead to the balance of the year and into 2022, our priorities are deepening our customer relationships, we're always focused on existing customers, growing market share, and delivering ongoing product improvement and innovation while we execute on the pace of our Title 365 integration. Blend is keeping an eye on the very long term as a key long-term partner of digitization for the financial services industry. With that, I'll turn it over to Mark. Thanks, Nima, and thank you all for joining us to review the results of our second fiscal quarter 2021. Before I dive in, I want to remind you that our acquisition of Title 365 closed on June 30, 2021. Our reported results for the second quarter and for the first half of the year do not include the impact or the results of Title 365 unless noted as pro forma. Beginning with the third quarter and moving forward, we will report results including the contributions of Title 365 and we'll share year-over-year -year comparisons on a pro forma basis as if we owned Title 365 for the comparable year-over-year -year periods. Total blend revenues for the second quarter of 2021 were $32.1 million, compared with $21.9 million in the second quarter of the prior year. This represents an increase of 46% year-over-year. This growth featured strong transaction volumes demonstrating increased utilization and adoption of our platform even though total industry-wide mortgage originations were roughly flat to the prior year. In terms of success-based volumes, we completed over 520,000 banking transactions on our platform in the second quarter of 2021, up 51% year-over-year. Note that we also generate a small percentage of banking transactions under enterprise license agreements with certain customers that are not included in our reported transaction volume. Looking further at our blend P&L for the second quarter, our gross profit was $19.7 million compared to $13.3 million in the prior period. 
our non-GAAP gross profit was $19.9 million compared with $13.3 million in the prior year period. In our current stage of development, we are focusing on absolute gross profit dollar growth more than margin expansion. We expect gross profit to improve in the future as we add more products to the platform and progress further on Title 365 integration. Lend operating costs for the second quarter of 2021 were $59.3 million, or 185% of revenue, compared to $34.1 million, or 155% of revenue in the second quarter of 2020. Non-GAAP operating costs for the second quarter of 2021 were $46.2 million, or 144% of revenue, compared with $29.6 million, or 136% of revenue in the second quarter of 2020. The largest driver of operating expenses was an increase in our headcount, which increased to 917 by the end of the quarter. Note that this does not include employees we added from the Title 365 acquisition. We continue to invest in our operations across the company, particularly in R&D to push product enhancements and invest in future products, in sales and marketing to best serve our customers, and in G&A to meet operating needs, support growth and scale, and meet the demands of being a public company. These investments deepen the competitive moat we've built over the past nine years by strengthening our ability to innovate at a faster pace than IT teams at the largest financial services firms can build similar capabilities in-house. Our spending is reflected in a loss in operations for the second quarter of 2021 of $39.6 million, compared with a loss in operations of $20.8 million in the second quarter of 2020. Non-GAAP loss in operations for the second quarter of 2021 was $26.3 million, compared with $16.4 million in the second quarter of 2020. In the second quarter of 2021, we incurred $6.6 million in transaction and integration costs related to our acquisition of Title 365. Our net income for the second quarter of 2021 was $5.8 million, compared with a net loss of $20.6 million in the second quarter of 2020. Our net income for the second quarter of 2021 includes a one-time Income tax benefit of $45.3 million, primarily due to the release of our historical deferred tax asset valuation allowance in connection with the acquisition of Title 365. Our non-GAAP net loss for the second quarter of 2021 was $26.2 million, compared with $16.1 million in the second quarter of 2020. Now turning to our balance sheet. Our cash, cash equivalents, and marketable securities at June 30, 2021, on a pro forma basis, were $630 million, which reflects $377 million in net proceeds from the IPO, $219 million in net proceeds from the term loan financing, and a disbursement of $420 million for the Title 365 purchase consideration, which was disbursed in early July. Our reported cash at June 30th also includes $17 million received in connection with the acquisition of Title 365, effectively reducing the purchase price consideration to $403 million net of cash acquired. Now, I'll turn to our outlook. For the remainder of this year, our revenue will come from two primary sources. First, blend platform revenue, which consists of our mortgage and consumer banking products, our homeownership journey marketplaces, and new products that we continue to roll out on the platform and second, from Title 365, which will begin to meaningfully appear in our revenue in the third quarter. As we migrate customers, we expect this revenue will convert to platform revenue in future periods. With that, for the full year 2021, we anticipate revenue of between $226 million and $232 million, and pro forma revenue, which includes the impact of the Title 365 revenue for the first half of 2021, of between $365 million and $371 million. To wrap up, we had a solid second quarter, and we're optimistic about our future growth potential as we continue to bring new customers onto the blend platform, increase the ROI and value delivered, and drive forward with integrating Title 365 into our business. And to our new followers in the investment community, I'm looking forward to engaging with you and updating you on all our progress in years to come. With that, I'll turn the call back over to Nima for his closing remarks. Thank you, Mark. This is an exciting time for Blend, and I'm proud of the team for their efforts and their dedication to our customers. It's incredibly hard work. It's very complex. 
where we're diligently working to meet challenges in partnership with our customers. Bunch Foundation is strong, and I'm confident that we'll continue to add value to our customers and the industry at large as we move forward as a public company. We're happy with our growth today, and we're confident that Blend will continue to expand and advance our vision of bringing simplicity and transparency to financial services. With that, I'll open it up to your questions. And at this time, we'll be conducting a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. A confirmation tone will indicate your line is in the question queue. You may press star 2 if you would like to remove your question from the queue. For participants using speaker equipment, it may be necessary to pick up your handset before pressing the star keys. Our first question is from Bob and Siri with William Blair. Please proceed with your question. Hey, guys. Uh, nice job and congrats on a solid quarter out the gate there um, as a public traded company. Uh, I guess I wanted to touch a little bit on the blend close product. Um, you know, we know the mortgage rates and we know kind of the refi rates are flat year over year, but we've seen great growth. Blend Close has seen a pretty substantial interest since launch, you know, whatever, 25, 30% attached in a few quarters. Just to, can you give us a, a little more call on the demand for Close, and how do you expect that to play out over the next, you know, let's say 18 to 24 months? So a longer time frame, but, but, but it feels like that should be an obvious no-brainer attached. How should we think about that? Yeah, thanks, Bob. And we, uh, you know, the, the, just for people who don't know, Blend Close is our digital closing product. So it allows a consumer to, instead of going in and signing a stack of paper at the closing table, they can either entirely online with a video notary or parts of it online and then close with a much smaller stack of just a couple papers uh, at the end of the process. And for those of you who closed the loan, a mortgage loan in particular, it's a very onerous process. Um, it is a, it is sort of, that, that is where the industry is going. We, we talk about digital transformation tailwinds for Blend. And this is a great example of one where this process is going digital. Our customers want an end-to-end -end solution. I've been on the road with our customers for the past two weeks, the past week or so, and for the next week as well. And one of the most common areas that we hear from our customers is how, how do we make the closing process better? Um, and not just with closing, but eventually how do we make the, the, the back and forth of the title company along the way better? And so it's, it's an area of, of great interest, and we're, it's, a, it's a product we're extremely confident in as a result. Great, great. That's helpful. And then I know you, you don't talk about things in sort of a take rate um, uh, basis, but, but, but by my calculations, I'll have to try and do that math. It looks like take rates sort of have come down a little bit. Um, and, and help us just understand or, or unpack that a little bit. I think by my calculations, it was kind of or revenue per transaction, let's call it that, was down marginally from Q1, but trying to understand sort of the dynamics that played out there, I think that'd be helpful. Thank you. Yeah, I'll give a quick quick note of color. I mean, two, two things. One, there are some, as Mark mentioned in his portion, there are some transactions that are not accounted for in uh, in the Q2 numbers because we have some enterprise license agreements um, as well. So it might even be a little lower, but it's because as we expand into other product lines, our mortgage business continues to grow. But as we expand into other product lines, some of the price points for those other non-mortgage banking product lines. So, for example, personal loans, uh, deposit accounts, credit cards. Those price points are different. And so as a result, the overall transaction volume will continue to go up if that, continue, if that trend continues or went up and, and the transaction dollars per transaction that we get from the banking transaction revenue goes down. Okay. Okay. I'll jump back in queue, but, but I'd love to unpack that a little bit. But thank you for taking my questions. And uh, as I said, congrats on a good start as a public company. Thanks, Donald. Okay, next question. And our next question is from Michael Turner with Wells Fargo Securities. Please proceed with your question. Hey, great. Uh, thanks. Good afternoon and congrats on the first quarter as a public company. Um, Nima, you mentioned at the outset 46% growth is still strong, but the sequential growth number is, is more modest here. Um, how much of that core slowdown is a function of the macro environment? And then in terms of guidance, can you just maybe talk a bit more around what you're assuming in terms of just the overall mortgage environment for the rest of the year? Yeah, Mark, you want to take this or you want me to? Sure, sure. I can start with the guidance on the second half of the year. Um, our guidance continues to reflect the Fannie and MBA forecast as of last month, and we're off to a really solid start in Q3. Um, if volume is higher than what those industry forecasters have predicted, there's there's definitely room for, for upside. 
and there really hasn't been a major shift in any of the component parts since the IPO. So, um, and that that part of the that part of the process is something that we're working from in terms of sequential quarters. The mortgage market was down, I think, one percent Q1 to Q2. Um, you know, over time, I think that we'll be less less exposed. To Nima's earlier point about revenue per transaction as the, as the mix continues to evolve towards consumer banking, we're less exposed to the mortgage market. But from a from an existing revenue perspective, that that you know down one percent kind of influenced the Q1 to Q2 uh, sequential. Okay. That's- that's helpful. And then maybe touching on the, the prior question, it would be great to hear more just on where you are on Blend's journey towards diversifying in other areas of consumer banking outside of mortgage. It seems like you solved the difficult problem of mortgage first, but wondering if you could talk more about how much expansion opportunity that can open up within your existing customer base um, over time. Thank you. Yeah, and it, just uh, just a little color from this tour. I've been worked with a lot of customers this week, like I mentioned, and you know, for a diversified financial institution that offers all these products, being able to offer all these products and have one end customer experience is incredibly important to them. A lot of the meetings were with CIOs, CTOs, digital officers for these for these uh, financial institutions, and so it is very core to their strategy long term, which is why we have a lot of upside. Um, and in that part of the pie, because it's much earlier, it continues to grow on an absolute basis, you know, as a percentage of our total transaction volume, meaning in, in some ways it's it's becoming a bigger and bigger part of our pie already as we've continued to roll it out. Um, we have some very large, we've, we've announced some very large customers and we're in, in process with some other ones to, to continue to grow that product suite in terms of how, we, how it's used by our customers and the capabilities it offers to the customers who are using it. Helpful. Thank you. And you mind, I can just add, um, BMO Personal Loans was one of the big deals we announced this quarter. BECU was a consumer banking deal um, that was also announced this quarter. And our next question is from Joseph Laffey with Canaccord Genuity. Please proceed with your question. Hey guys, uh, good afternoon. It's a, it's a, a little bit noisy here. Uh, just wondering, um, moving forward, and, and by the way, congratulations, obviously, on, on getting out of, out of the box here. Is net retention something that you're going to be providing annually, or uh, is that something you can provide now? And if not now, maybe just some color on uh, maybe the trajectory of, of net retention from um, Q1, and then I'll have a quick follow-up. Thanks, Joseph, and, and good to chat with you again. Um, net revenue retention remains a super positive metric for us, but we're not planning on disclosing it on a quarterly basis. So um, we're, we do have a really strong uh, customer retention. Like I said, it, it really does reflect the company's focus on our customers, but on a quarterly basis, it's not something we're going to disclose. Okay, and then um, any uh, update on Marketplace and the, uh, and the opportunities there and maybe any progress that, that occurred on, in the quarter on the Marketplace side. Thanks a lot, guys. Tim, do you want to talk a little bit about the, the, the title uh, acquisition and, and how that's contributing or how that's starting? Starting out, that was a recent one. That's a big part of our marketplace, obviously. Sure. So, um, you know, uh, as Nina notes, this is a, a, a big expansion in our marketplace offerings. Um, you know, we are pleased with the way the integration of Title 365 is going. Uh, there have been no surprises there. And, um, you know, first, we've been really pleased that we've been able to retain a really talented um executive team there and the key staff. Uh, we're, we're making good progress on uh, the integrations that need to be done, uh, and we have uh, prioritized those within our company. Uh, you know, we've got, um, you know, we have Mr. Cooper, uh, which is um, a very significant Title 365 customer coming on to the, uh, the Blend software platform. We started that deployment uh, in early Q3, uh, and, um, you know, we would we would expect Mr. Cooper to go live on Blend in the first half of, of next year. Uh, and since they are the largest Title 365 customer, 
the adoption of, of blend will, uh, will facilitate migrating uh, their business uh, onto our software-enabled title escrow and settlement platform. Um, we also expect that uh, we uh, will be able to launch uh, pilots with some joint customers that we have between Blend and Title 365 uh, before uh, before the end of the year. And, and as I think uh, Nima would report from his visits with customers, as you mentioned, he's been out on the road this week and will be out on the road again next week, uh, a lot of interest from, from our customers. Mm -hmm. But we're still early in the process of, uh, of uh, scaling up the, the title business, but, but we are encouraged by what we see here uh, in the early days of the integration. Thanks very much. Yeah, and just, just to touch on the other uh, marketplace opportunities, we, we call it marketplace on this call, but the way our, the way our customers talk about it is the, whether it's in, it's in the home space, it's the home ownership journey, um, if it's in, in the auto space, it's the, the auto buying journey or the auto ownership journey. And so they think about it as from their consumer standpoint, how they're feeling through the process and having that be a, a one-stop shop uh, remains really important to us. Um, you know, you know, as we look at the growth we've had in in Q in Q2 uh, to Q1, just on that on those products, and, and we we have some numbers from Title 365 um, that we can share on the revenue side uh, for the overall company. But uh, we, we continue to see a lot of growth um, in our in our marketplace businesses, and we're very excited about them because it creates that one-stop shop for the consumer where they can do all the things they need in one place. And our next question is from Carl Kerstead with UBS. Please proceed with your question. Uh, thanks very much, and uh, congrats. Um, maybe I'll ask uh, too, um, Nima. Congratulations on the on the key bank uh, win. Uh, you mentioned that it covers um, mortgage, title, and close. But I was just curious: uh, did did Key Bank have another third party that you displaced? Did they have a, a homegrown system? Uh, I'd be curious about that. And also, you probably don't want to size a win like this, but where might it rank in blends? you know, largest deals, does it hit the top five or top ten? Uh, any color there would be great. And I'll just ask my second question to uh, Mark now. Mark, most of the underwriting analyst models were uh, on a pro forma basis. Uh, obviously, you've um, printed on core blend. Are you at liberty maybe to give us what the pro forma with Title 365 would have been in 2Q? That might be uh, helpful. Thank you. Mark, do you want to start with sharing the, the pro forma and sure. two, and then I can talk about KeyBank? Of course, of course. So for the three months ended June 30th, 2021, pro forma revenues were 98.2 million, and pro forma net loss was 31.2 million. And for the three months ended June 30th, 2020, if that is that helpful, Carl, or are you? I yeah, it, say that one. Yeah, and it would also be great if if just um, uh, to be uh, comparable to the 26.3 million non-GAAP operating loss for Core Blend, if you have a similar number for uh, Title 365, that'd be great. Or, or give a pro forma non-GAAP operating loss. Thanks, Mark. Sure. Um, let me start with the with the pro forma, and then we can come back to um, the second piece. So, like I said, three months ended June 30, 2021. Revenues of 98.2. Um, net loss of 31.2. Three months ended June 30th, 2020, 73.6 million, a net loss of 28.4 million. And then the six month comparable numbers, six months 2021, 203.2 revenue, 44.1 net loss. And six months ended June 30th, 2020, 132.6 million in revenue, 12.9 million in net loss. Terrific. Thank you, Mark. Okay. Let's yeah, and then, and then on, on KeyBank, uh, Key, Key is a very interesting uh, new customer for us. Uh, we're very excited to be partnering with them. Uh, they are one of the 20 largest banks in the U.S., um, so that'll help you, I think, size. You know, you probably have a sense of which which large banks in the U.S. we work with. We work with a number of them, but that can help you size uh, in terms of banks where uh, where that fits in our overall ecosystem. Um, and they didn't have; they had started some internal build work, but they had really, I think, they were really evaluating a, a few different paths for going down. And they felt that we were both 
you know, the, the best short-term partner and long-term partner for them as a, as a company to, to really start to create that experience that their that their customers are starting to expect from it, as well as the efficiency that customers are starting to expect from them. So we're very excited about that partnership, and we think it's going to be a um, uh, they're very motivated. Uh, we we only want to work closely with them to get this thing to be uh, live quickly. Let's go back to our analogies and get get their customers through that starting to go through that digital funnel. Got it. Congratulations, Nima. Our next question is from Terry Tillman with Truist Securities. Please proceed with your question. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Hi, Nima, Mark, Tim, and Crystal. Congratulations for me as well on the IPO in the, the, the quarter. Uh, maybe just the first question relates to uh, – well, actually, I have two questions. One is a two-parter, so I'm sorry in advance. But, Nima, you talked about, you know, the reality of a softening mortgage market but you did have 51% year-over-year transaction growth, which was strong, and that may not even be all the transactions. But is there some dynamic here where you've still got customers that really aren't even at full scale yet that's helping otherwise a soft mortgage market? Is that part of it? And then the second part of the first question is, have you all seen historical kind of pattern recognition in a softening market? Do they actually accelerate kind of deal activity to, to transform? Do they slow down? Or what happens when they see a softening market on sales cycles? And then I had a follow-up. Sure. So when, when markets are very hot, like they were last year, if anything, it slows down sales cycles because new customers are so busy with their existing volume. And so, you know, it, it, it's been great that we've been able to sign customers during that time, but we, we expect that, you know, we, we signed some good customers this quarter. Um, you know, we, t- we shared the capacity numbers of new, new customer capacity we've signed. Mark shared it during his section. Um, I can give you that exact number uh, as well, but Mark shared that during his section of the um, of the just the overall the overview. Um, and then to, to your second question around the the mortgage market softening in general, we did we do have more runway as we sign new customers. It does take time to go through those four stages. You know, we, we kind of shared it approximate time it takes to 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 go through those four stages. So yes, even though the mortgage origination market was down about. Percent year over year between quarter two last year and quarter two this year, our volumes grew 51% in the transaction market. That shows two things. One, we're helping our customers roll out more, use more of our product, signing new customers, but it also means that we're expanding the other product lines along this larger digitization tailwind across the entire financial services sector. And so um, those are some of the reasons that we're able to grow. And yes, we still have more headroom. We're not, not every customer is fully at scale build out with every loan. We still have a lot of opportunity um, to continue to grow our existing customers as we get them through these phases of our, of our rollout funnel. Got it. Thanks for the answer there. Uh, I guess my second question, and it's a one-parter, I think. Uh, you know, you talked about uh, seeing some good early signals from folks around Title 365 that might then look at blend title going forward. But I'm curious about, you know, we're not talking about next year yet, so Mark's not on the hook yet for guidance. But as we move into next year, is there a sense that folks could take blend title and it could become meaningful in terms of the contribution next year? Or is next year really going to be more about progressing the shift from Title 365 onto your platform? And that's really more where blend title uh, comes in next year. Thank you. This is Tim. I think we're going to see a combination of those things. So we're going to see a combination of Title 365 volume coming onto the Blend software platform, um, but I think uh, you know, given the interest we are seeing from uh, from existing Blend customers um, and, and new customers such as KeyBank uh, to be on the Blend Title platform, I, th- I think we will start to see growth there as well. So, you know, I, I don't know that we're in a position to, to size that at the moment, but I, I think we will see both components of that. That sounds good. Thanks, Tim. Our next question is from Josh Beck with KeyBank. Please proceed with your question. Thanks so much, and my congrats as well on uh, life new to the, the public markets, at least. Um, I wanted to ask, I guess one thing that stood out to me was basically the breadth of the customer win, so mortgage, credit card, consumer banking suite, um, you obviously have some fintech-oriented companies, traditional financial institutions. So it was pretty broad. 
I guess my question is, did that surprise you at all? You know, should we obviously the best division, but should we expect this type of breadth in terms of new wins as as we go through the balance of this year and into next? Uh, no, it, it did not surprise us. In fact, this is what we've been building towards, um, being able to offer these products really starting last year and at scale and then this year, uh, last year in the beginning and then this year at scale. And so, no, I mean, I think the fact that even fintechs and prop techs use us as their platform, as their, excuse me, as their software platform, it speaks volumes to the quality of our platform as well as the ability it creates for even the most tech-forward organizations to accelerate their tech-forwardness. That makes it's a it's obviously a word that I made up, but but being able to to offer that to even the most tech forward organizations is part of what gives the CIOs and the CTOs of traditional firms confidence that we will be a great partner for them as well. Um, and so no, it, it didn't surprise me. I think it is what what we expected, and we continue to work with our our customers on if it's on the mortgage side getting the products like blend clothes and blend title and things that we think can transform that home ownership journey that we talked about. Um, and if it's for a, a, a multi-product bank or a multi-product credit union, how do we help them have one platform, one, one software platform that can power all of their major product lines? So that is the trajectory of the company. That is something that we're very excited about to work with our customers on, and we expect to continue to be able to do that with our customers over time. And by the way, during this, this one week of travel, that I've been doing with my customers this week and, and next week is it's just that that has been the theme over and over again. They want to hear, they want to see what we can do for them because there's so much they have to accomplish to serve the changing needs of the customer that they, this, these are the things that they're talking to us about. Excellent. Well, obviously a, a great validation of, of the breadth of your platform. So very good to hear. Uh, my follow-up is a little bit uh, more nitpicky on the on the financial items. Uh, Mark, just to clarify, when you gave us those net loss numbers, were those GAAP or non-GAAP figures? So that was uh, part A. And the second part is with that acquisition-related expense in the quarter, how should we be thinking about modeling that uh, moving forward? Thanks, Josh. So those are gap numbers. We'll have to come back to you with non-gap. Um, I think you, can, you might be able to do the math, but it's not something we're disclosing in our queue. So I need to think about how exactly to maneuver that one. Um, but those are those are gap uh, revenues and gap net loss. The difference would be stock-based comp, right, and the amortization of the warrant. So there's not not a ton of non-gap adjustments. We did adjust in our non-gap the one-time acquisition and integration charges, but um, that it's fairly limited. And then um, your second question. I, I think you may have, uh, may have was the, was the um, I believe it was 6.6 .6 million of acquisition-related expenses in the quarter. Should that's right. about that as one-time or? Yes, that's exactly right. Those are one-time charges. And then I think your second question was around how to model that. I think, um, I mean, I think we're, we're, we're in the integration process with Title 365. We're bringing them, um, their financial team over, um, and we're, we've already built that into the model. It's something we had been planning, and it's something that um, the team's been super thoughtful about as, a, as that as we move forward. So we're planning on still, we're still investing. We've retained their key leadership, their key staff, and we're um, continuing to, to drive that business forward. Okay, uh, very helpful. Thank you, Mark. And And our next question is from Mike Andrew with Goldman Sachs. Please proceed with your question. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for the question. Um, I just have two. First, could you talk a little bit about the sales efforts to continue driving new customer momentum and to the extent you're able to talk about it, uh, just a little color on the new customer pipeline? And then second, um, I was just wondering if you could give us a little bit more color around the uh, 270,000 annual banking transactions that will be added. Um, you know, any, any thoughts to think about, you know, when that will actually be fully migrated to the blend platform, and is there, you know, any thoughts you might be able to share in terms of how to think about the uh, revenue contribution there? You know, should we just apply the standard 
uh, revenue per stand uh, to per, per banking transaction to that. Thank you. Sure. So yeah, on the on the I guess it was a two part question on the set. One was sales pipeline. The other was the transaction volume that we added this quarter in terms of new capacity. So on the on the sales pipeline, we don't disclose it, but our our pipeline is is very strong. I mean, a lot of it, you know, candidly is it's the combination of existing customers who want to do more with us because we have great customers and you saw in that re retention numbers, uh, we have great customers who rely on us and work with us and we're you know we're very excited to do more with them. Uh, and then uh, some of its net new logos, and we announced we shared some of those on the on the call today. Um, uh, KeyBank, Mr. Cooper, um, uh, BECU, and Built, and so so it's a mix of it's a mix of both, and we feel very you know we feel very good about the pipeline going forward. Typically, it, it, just the way that our business works, it, it tends to to be mostly sort of weighted to the back half of the year, just that's the natural order of things for our business because that's how bank buying cycles often work. Um, but we, we saw strong strong numbers in Q2 of this year, and we are continuing to work the pipeline to make sure we're serving our customers' needs. Um, and then in terms of the, the implementation time for existing customers, I think, you know, in terms of revenue per transaction, it's, I think what you suggested is a, is a pretty reasonable methodology. We don't have a specific methodology um, for how we would model those out, although we do see that we do have a breakdown um, over time of different product lines. Um, but in terms of rollout time, it's those, it's those phases that we mentioned. So those are the ones that we just signed are are signed, and then they're if they sign we sign them in Q2, they'll typically um, go from going from that to live is one to three quarters, depending on the uh, depending on the, the size of the customer and the, and the complexity of the customer. And so those are kind of the approximate timelines that I would into your models. Great. Thanks, Nima. And if I could sneak in a housekeeping question, I was just wondering, uh, Mark, if you could uh, provide the uh, pro forma gross profit numbers uh, for the quarter as well, if you have that offhand. Thank you. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't share that one at the moment. Okay, no problem. Thanks, Mark. And our next question is from Arvin Brownani with Piper Sandler. Please proceed with your question. Hi, uh, hey, thanks for taking my question. Uh, you, know, you know, maybe my first question is around the blend co, co uh, platform targets for FI21. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to get the uh, revenue target for, for FI21 that's more comparable to your 32.1 million in 2Q, the, the blend co platform. And, already provided that apologies if I missed it. No, Arvin, thanks for the question. We're not actually breaking it down at the moment. We're, in terms of guidance, uh, we're just gonna, we're sharing a, a top line revenue number and not splitting between um, between core platform and Title 365 uh, legacy. But um, it, it is about um, is about two thirds Title 365 and one third blend ish. Okay. Okay. That, 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 that's helpful. And then, uh, you know, just you know, uh, with the, I know you said you don't provide uh, specifics around the pipeline, but uh, you know, can can you maybe talk about kind of the uh, pipeline of uh, deals now um, that that you're seeing now versus like six months back? I'm, I'm trying to get a get a sense of you know kind of the robustness of the market and you know just kind of the brand awareness and kind of the compelling uh, offering that uh, that may have seen kind of uh, increase in in your overall pipeline um we don't have the exact pipeline i guess one one thing we can we, i can share is that the amount of capacity we added in q2 of this year versus q2 of last year was about twice as much, um, and that is a I think is a pretty good indicator of how much the COVID digital tailwinds and just generally the digital transformation tailwinds are working with Blend. People are, and this is even before the IPO, which which has additional tailwinds. Now our customers who rely on us to be a company they can rely on for decades. Now they know that we have this additional set of things that we do as a company to make them feel confident that we will do that. Um, 
So, so we added roughly twice, twice the amount of capacity this quarter that we did the same quarter last year, um, new, new loan capacity or new, new account capacity. If that, I don't know if that gives you a good sense of the trajectory of the, the pipeline. Yeah, it, 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 it certainly does. And uh, but just quick follow up to that: you know, how much was how much of this kind of lift is because of you know, sort of pent up demand or delayed decision making? Um, you know, and basically what I'm trying to, to understand is kind of the sustainability of the level of interest. I mean, kind of you know, kind of looking ahead over the next couple of years, do, do you think this level of interest will continue to to sustain at these levels, or, or do you think it, this was more because of some amount of uh, delayed decision making in over the last 12 to 18 months? Well, I think the interesting thing, one interesting thing is we just have more products to offer now. So putting aside any delayed decision making, um, it used to be three years ago, all we would offer you pretty much was a mortgage product. Um, and then this year, now we can offer mortgage, credit card, and we can offer an entire platform. And on top of that, we have these add-ons, which you don't count as our transaction capacity that we're adding, but those are add-ons that increase the value we're creating per transaction for our customers and therefore the, the revenue they pay us. And so the combination of those two things, both the breadth of what we can offer now and the depth of how we'll be able to add to those transactions, not in terms of numbers, but in terms of depth um, per transaction, I think it will continue. As long as we're continuing to build things that drive this digital transformation, we will continue to have opportunities to, to, to make add-ons to our to our customers and grow with our customers if they have new needs in the market. Great. And just last one for me. Uh, just given the breadth of, of these services, you know, is your level of conversations being uh, elevated? Uh, another way of asking it really is, is you know, were some of the bank partners looking at you as a point provider earlier on, but now kind of looking at you all more as a platform provider? Like has, has that has that perception changed from from a, you know kind of providing a point solution versus a platform solution? Definitely, yes, and and I think that that has come with the, both the combination of us offering these other product lines, but also offering services that are that are helpful across product lines. Meaning, for example, you know we have products or building that can you know, help with income across multiple product lines. Um, so if you need to verify income for any loan type, those are the kinds of things that we'll be able to offer in the future. And so those kinds of things make us more of a platform, and that is reflected in who wants to spend time with us when we're out in the field. So this week, like I mentioned, lots of CIOs, CTOs, chief digital officers who are responsible for their overall digital strategy for the firm or their overall technology strategy. And those are the people who are, are fitting us in and trying to figure out how we can help them accelerate that strategy. And so, yes, absolutely. And that's, those are often the people that the business has to lean on to be able to drive their overall architecture. And so that's really important for us to have those, um, those levels of conversations. All right, thank you. And we have reached the end of our question and answer session. I'll now turn the call back over to management for any closing remarks. And are there any closing remarks? Uh, no closing remarks. Thanks, everyone. You know, glad to have this first call uh, for the quarter done. You know, we're very excited about our customer base and the growth this quarter, and so we'll continue to to uh, keep our heads down and focused on driving this transformation. Thank you all for joining. Thank you. And this concludes today's conference, and you may disconnect your lines at this time. Thank you for your participation.